today on the show, Shane Yeager and Celine D'Astasio. Great episode where they give some insight into the media field, not only from a market standpoint, but also what it takes to take a leap to create your own media venture. People get, they, they build this like monster under their bed of fear and doubt that they can't succeed in the industry. And it's because they're holding themselves to this crazy standard. They have to be motivated. They have to be tenacious. You have to want what you really want to be out there. You have to wake up every morning believing in yourself, believing in that you can make it. This is Devin Gallagher, host of Media on the Radio, and thanks for listening. I'd like to start where you guys went to college and what your college experience was like. I um, I'm Italian, and so I graduated with a, tr- a trilingual Italian, Spanish, and English. And then I decided to go to film school in Italy. I started to see a film career when I was doing small parts in Talented Mr. Ripley. If anybody's seen it... Um, I have seen it. You Are have? You, you're in that? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, Anthony Minghella came to Italy, and especially in Naples and Sicily. And uh, I got to interact with the actors that were there and bring them out to lunch and eat the pizza one day when uh, <laughs> I was the only one speaking in English, English. So I said, I'll be your translator. That's where actually my career started. And I said, I don't want to actually be in front of a camera. I would like to be behind the camera. That's probably the beginning of where I am right now. So from there, you you got into translation. Translation is brought what brought me mostly all around the world, and I thought the United States, why not try it there? And I really fell in love when I was growing up with photography, and um, National Geographic was my my Bible, and uh, I did then decided to see how I could get there, and I knew the headquarters were here in Washington, D.C., so I packed my bags. Uh, I came here to the United States, and I got hired uh, as a translator for the documentary series for National Geographic in English, in Spanish, and Italian. So I worked with them for a couple years, and that's where my American career started. So you leveraged that experience into the media field from translating. That's very cool. And I know you've worked on a number of other media projects, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Shane, how did you start in from your college career, and and where'd that take you into the media field? I'll take a little step back. Uh, it actually started in high school. Picked up a camera when I was about 16, and at the same time, I was also golfing. Uh, I ended up, I was ranked 20th in the country at one time for golf. Got my hand slammed in a door, which uh, ruined my short game for a little bit. And then lo and behold, uh, joined FBLA, the Future Business Leaders of America group, did a, a contest where we, it was a national contest, and we got third in that. And I said, you know what? wow, this is a lot of fun, like media and holding cameras and getting into this whole business. This this is cool. And and you also can make money with it. So uh, lo and behold, went to Salisbury University. They had a you know good program for, for uh, media production. Was in the communications program for one semester. Quit that because we got in a fight with a lot of the, the, the teachers there uh, about that because I was pretty advanced and wanted to move a little faster than what the curriculum uh, supported. So yeah, we, you know, we were at odds once in a while, but... Uh, I uh, looked into business as well. So got in the business program, uh, did that for three semesters, and then quit school to go around the world with the Beach Boys for a world tour making a documentary with them. So it was kind of a trial by fire, jump into the industry, uh, was the cameraman on that, and then uh, 
after that, started a company uh, with another guy in Bethesda, uh, did that for about two years, grew it about 300 percent, realized there was a difference in where we wanted to go. So left that, started DC Visionaries, our superhero uh, themed media company. And here we are in lovely Washington, D.C. Well, we'll definitely get into uh, DC Visionaries a little bit later. You mentioned having kind of conflict with the college professors or the program. What do you think about how people are being trained for the media field? Because it is so diverse. It is hard to, to kind of pick a focus. But are the colleges really prepping students to really jump into the media field? I, I think that it's, it's, it's extremely difficult to, to train anybody uh, for any part of the media field specifically. I think you can get a base understanding uh, of all the aspects. And I, I think that's where, where everyone needs to be. They need to learn how everything works and then gravitate to something that you really love. You know, I see a lot out there in the, in the field now. People say, oh, I'm the writer, director, shooter, producer, editor. And guess what? I also do distribution. And you're like, what are you talking about? You definitely don't do all these really well. You may know how to do them, but are you an expert? I don't think so. But if you meet someone who goes, yes, I'm only a director of photography, I guarantee that person's really good at that. And that's where they're going to succeed. So to our school's prepping people for the field, uh, I think they're doing the best job they can because they don't know where the person's going to gravitate to. And you have to create a curriculum. And when you're creating a curriculum, I mean, it has to be a broad spectrum uh, to prove that you are capable in doing all these tasks. So I think the best way to learn is to just jump in and do it and you're going to figure out what you gravitate to. There's a number of ways for people to get involved in, in media, and and there's tons of media jobs out there. If you know certain skills, you know three or four different skills that you can kind of leverage. I also noticed that you went to University of Baltimore. I was just out at a, at a random event, and uh, I ran into this friend of mine, and she introduced me to another friend, and he said, oh, you know, you, you, you don't have a college degree, but you know, you, you're running a business. Maybe you should think about going back to school and, you know that thought kind of grazed my mind and then he said oh guess what they'll also pay you to go back to school I said all right done I'll sign me up let's do it so went did my interviews uh, and the University of Baltimore has a program called the entrepreneurship fellows program so what they do is teach you how to grow a venture and ultimately take it to market you know I was a little ahead on that because I had a venture going in but it's been really helpful and uh, every day we go in I meet uh, what once a week for this class they basically just vet your business and you just get crushed with asked all the you know asking getting asked all these hard questions of where are your profits going what is your profit margin you know what is your growth plan and then they then they make you read these books about uh, like Peter Thiel had one called zero to one and it just makes you so depressed because they're like what are you doing are you going to be a 10x multiplier of a company and blah 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 and uh it's been really rewarding so far, just having that entrepreneurial training. Celine, when would you say you really broke into doing more creative media? First of all, I have to thank AIM and Arlington Independent Media because I think without them, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Shout out. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I will 100%. I tell everybody to whomever said tells me, so how did you start and where you're right now? I always say, if you if you don't have any background and you haven't gone to school, just go to one of these schools or or community schools that you can go and they can pre- prep you. They're 
perfect. It's even better because there's people talented that can help you out and do what you want to really do. So that's how I actually started. I worked on some different projects, but what I really enjoyed most is working for preparation of film festivals. There was one in particular that was run by us for three years and was really small at the beginning because we tailored towards a specific topic, water. It was completely different from other festivals that were in the area itself. So you had to be more connected with that topic. And uh, we grew. It grew a lot after th- the third, our third year. And uh, I said, wow, this is amazing. So I got connected with other film festivals around uh, the D.C. area. Projects that I really worked on is mostly now with uh, our company, D.C. Visionaries. Shane, talk about your experience. You said you started a, a production company before... Mm-hmm. DC Visionaries, is that mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Then you, did you also work for any oh, any other production companies? Right, right. So uh, I did not. I uh, I just jumped into the field, uh, spent about five grand, bought a I think a, a DV tape camera back in like 2010, and uh, again it came back to my high school. We just were always filming things and constantly doing stuff for our uh, broadcast called Tiger News, and I imagine it's similar to what you guys have going on here at AIM or what you're teaching you know the students here. Uh, And it was basically we had a goal that we had to create content every single day for our broadcast while being, you know, in high school and doing everything else. So it was a big responsibility. And we learned so much about just the production process. We had a great mentor as well. And uh, I I have never, you know, taken a formal job with anybody. I've just been a self-starter and just jumped into this and learned as we went. What was it like to then start to work with clients if you're doing it and you're starting off on your own? What was that? learning process like steep and vicious <laughs> and everyone jumps into this business myself included with this naivete of like yes we just create great media and we'll get rewarded for it and your life will be great like no you got to know how to run a business first so you have to take a step back and if you're if you're going into this business look at the basics of how do you contract a job how do you prepare yourself and and do all the pre-production we've learned so much that pre-production is I want to say 70% of the the whole project. Yeah. Um, so yeah, learn pre-production really well, then focus on the production, then find a great editor. <laughs> <laughs> For both of you, now is the time. What is what is DC Visionaries? Yes. And what's your what's your role? DC Visionaries is a video production company. We focus on video and animation. I set up the shoot. I connect with clients. And what I love the most, because I'm a creative, I like to come up with ideas. And when I do direct on shoots, I have a vision that is a little bit different because of having the photographic world behind me. And people like it. I mean, our results have been successful. DC Visionaries does two things really well, and that's live video production and animation. And we do that for three types of clients, uh, either a white label solution for ad agencies. They let us know what they need. Uh, we create that for them, and then they'll stamp their name on it and say that, that they did it. There's normally a, a disconnect with agencies that they need that you know, professional production, uh, and they don't have the, they don't want to have the overhead and keep all that, those guys in house. So they go to outside companies and we happen to fill that gap. Uh, we also do three, six, 12 month solutions with businesses, uh, creating a, a video marketing strategy with them, uh, and then giving them the analytics behind that content. So not only are they getting really great media that can help tell their story, uh, they're also getting the, the back end data, which is so, so important for companies to make, you know, smart decisions with their content. And then we'll work with uh, venture capitalists, private equity firms, basically be an outside marketing firm that can help them. 
and we're right now we're we're actually uh, distilling that down even further because yeah we're we're a cool company we have the superhero mantra and that stands out big time in you know a city of suit and ties when you show up with a superhero costume that that's a little disrupting and it's great but we want to also distill it down and get more focused uh, in different areas. So we would be, you know, really focused in the construction business. And we are the, the video guys you need to talk to if you are in the construction world and in the private equity world. We are the company you need to talk to. So we're, you know, breaking the brands down a little bit. Talking to you before we started, you can speak to both the running of the company, but also the shooting and the editing. How do you marry all those things in your different interests and roles in the company? I've been an animator, I've been an editor, I've been a shooter, I've, you know, I've done script writing. So I understand the industry really well. And I think that helps me lead the company quite well, because I understand the pains and the frustrations of some of the guys when they're doing the work, uh, as well as being able to broker the deal. But really, my role is in business strategy. So I'm kind of planning out where the company's going to go, being the visionary, I guess, per se. <laughs> that's that's my role, marrying it together. Yeah, I, I smile a lot and tell guys they're doing a great job. <laughs> so you both alluded to the superhero theme of the company. And I went on the website and for anybody else uh, that checks out DC Visionaries, you'll see the about page and everything else is very unique. And you guys are actually dressed up as superheroes. My question is, has any clients nervously asked in an email, are you guys going to dress like that on set tomorrow? <laughs> uh Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, talk about the, you call it a gimmick, but talk about the theme, the, the superhero theme and why. So it started off, at least in the beginning, we said, okay, how can we not be a Me Too company? I mean, everybody that comes by this. What, oh, what do you mean by that? Like, uh, everybody walks around, and they're like, oh, I'm a video producer, or I'm, a, I'm the video guy. You're like, okay, but like, what's your, what's your, th what's, what's beyond that? Why are you in this business? What are you doing? So we said, why don't we make it so apparent and so easy to be relatable to? Let's just be superheroes. And what we do is create branding that's superhero powered. And who the heck wouldn't want to get behind a superhero? It's like, what, what you know, like, what, who's going to say no to that? And if you do say no, great. We don't want to work with you. Right. So we figured that would be a great appeal to the market. And you look at, you know, D.C. traditionally is a little more conservative. They 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 are look they don't have that West Coast mentality per se here. And we said, you know what, we're going to just go all in and be a little be a little crazy. If it works, we're all going to be really successful. If it doesn't, we're going to hit the drawing board and figure it out. <laughs> I, in high school, I, I played volleyball and my coach uh -huh. at the beginning of the season was like, OK, he pitched this idea to order these bright yellow board shorts instead of a traditional just gym shorts he said okay we're gonna we're gonna stand out we're gonna be the only team that looks like this and he said it's gonna be really cool when we win it's not gonna feel very good when we lose <laughs> <laughs> so you better be so prepared yep. right so has there been any fear that you would have certain clients be turned off by how strong your your branding is you know that's been the initial criticism and even even at the you know, the business people that I talk to right off the bat, they go, yeah, you know, that's kind of like a weird idea. Why are you doing that? That's, you know, it's uncomfortable. And I'm like, exactly. That's why it's good because it's uncomfortable. And people who see that people who have that mindset are going to be great clients to work with. They're going to understand what we're doing. They're going to give us control and trust where we're going. And yeah, the guys that don't believe in it or don't see it right off the bat, that's that's OK. We, we don't need to work with you. There's there's plenty of clients out there that that, that are going to buy into what we're doing. And were we scared? You know, initially, yeah, a little bit. 
and then getting this immediate feedback where your mom calls you and says, what are you guys doing? That is that is just crazy. We're getting a client <laughs> emailing like, are you going to show up in a superhero costume? And you sit there and you put your hand in your head and you're like, oh, my God, like, oh, this isn't going to happen. And then you get a client who goes, oh, my God, what you guys are doing. I love it. I've been a superhero fan forever. And I, I see the I see the marketing ploy here. I know what you're doing. And I want you to run my brand. And they unbutton their Oxford shirt and there's a S from the Superman That's right. underneath, you, right? You see that you see it, right? <laughs> yes. And, and this goes back to like video making one oh one or or marketing one oh one is that you you can't reach everyone. You have to be specific about it. And how do you what do you say about that to your clients in terms of reaching their audience? Absolutely. I say I say the same thing. I say, why are you trying to attract everyone? You need to proudly exclude the people you don't want. And when you do that, the 1%, 2% of your clients that or the, the 2% of your you know potential audience that sees that goes, oh, my gosh, I get it. These guys get me. They love they love the same things I do. They know what I love. Oh my gosh, this is like, this is my best friend. And they see your brand not as just, oh, I'm Joe Corporate. It's like, no, they see you as a friend. And that's when you can really connect with them. And you develop this trust that goes way beyond just the average, you know, business transaction. And that's the secret for companies. It's you need to find, you know, your Simon Sinek, start with why part. And then you also need to humanize your brand. And I think that, you know, by proudly excluding those people, it's just been so rewarding because we have almost zero client turnover. Everyone says, yes, I love you. And we go, yes, we love you too. <laughs> and it's so fun. Celine, you've worked in marketing before joining DC Visionaries. What was that like working with clients that maybe had a preconceived notion of, of how they wanted to market a certain thing? The, the, the thing I'm proud of is I was able to connect people internationally on my marketing on my marketing project uh, I was uh, hired by the president of the National Restaurant Association she called me in and she said you've been working here for a while how about if you interact with our international uh, restaurants associations around the world and again stand out marketing pieces connect connected with different uh, executives around the world at the beginning we were kind of like a small group and only 10 executives around the world showed up. Uh, my third year, there were 25. So I think, again, being different, collaborating with different aspects of the marketing itself, I just like said, okay, this is going to be it. And again, like he said, you you have to you have to be different or you're, you're not going to make it. This is geared towards young people and people starting off in the media field. And there is a big push even for directors and producers to really brand yourself as an individual as opposed to a company branding itself. How important is that and how do people develop that presence on social media or that branding? I think it's incredibly important that you distinguish yourself and be honest about where you're at in your career all the time. And I think people get they, they build this like monster under their bed of fear and doubt that they can't succeed in the industry. And it's because they're holding themselves to this crazy standard. So you're a guy that just gets out of school. You have one year in the industry or you have five years in the industry and you're comparing your work right now to a team of 30, 40 people who have 40 years in the industry. I mean, that's just not realistic. You're, you're not going to create media that looks like that, nor could you at this point in time. So why are you having this fear and self-doubt? 
look at someone exactly in your same shoes or then look at your heroes and say, okay, this is where I'd love to get to map out your goals and strategy to get there and then look at where you're at now. And what can you, you know, how can you be a great effectuator and and look around and say, what are the resources I can throw together to at least start practicing things? And then you start developing this following and people start to believe in what you're believing in because you're working so hard. You're you're moving forward and you're realistic and you're honest. And at least with the millennial mind today, and I think just with so much transparency today, if you are out there BSing your skills, forget it. You're going to take three steps backwards. Just be honest. And when you do that, you will you will this law of attraction will just pull people into you and you'll grow and you'll get a following. Absolutely. What what I do think and the things that we've been confronting ourselves with is finding people that are like that. They have to be motivated. They have to be tenacious. You have to want what you really want to be out there. I really want to be a producer. I really want to run a writer, an editor. You have to wake up every morning believing in yourself, believing in that you can make it. And there's a lot of people that can help. I've been through it and people come up to me and say, how did you do it? And I said, I contact people. I say, hey, I know I'm new to the area. Uh, I just want to learn how you do it. Be behind the scenes. There, there's always somebody that's going to hold your hand and say, yes, come on over and uh, see what you can do and see what you're really good at. You know, you might think you're good at writing, and but you actually want to edit or vice versa. And uh, you'll get experience from that. And that's how I learned. And it's been awesome ever since. There's guys that are fresh out of school that'll hand me this resume and it's like a three page resume. And I sit there and I'm scratching my head and I'm like, why? Like you, you don't have this experience. Like, like they put softwares they're proficient in. It's like the whole Adobe suite. Guys, I'm, I'm certified as an expert in this stuff and I wouldn't even write that. I'm like, why do you have this on there? And then we, we've, we've brought guys in. I'm like, do this small little graphic design thing. They, they can't do it. I'm like, why are you, Why did you say that you're an expert in Illustrator, Photoshop, and Premiere? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I would rather you just hand me a napkin that says, I'll work really hard. Like, that means that means more to me than lying to me. Because I'd rather you come to me fresh and just say, you know what? I, I'm new to the industry. I don't know what I'm doing. But guess what? I'll work really hard for you. And what I do really well, and I say this to anybody, say this. If you say these lines, you will get an employer so excited. What I do really well is think critically. I take information that you give me and I will come up with solutions for you and you don't have to tell me what to do. And that if that's even as small as, yes, you pick up the cable that's laying on the floor and start wrapping it before the guy tells you to do it. That's, that goes a million miles farther than giving someone a resume that has this glossy cover on it that says, yes, I was, I was the top honor roll student at my high school. <laughs> I uh, hope that helps you guys. <laughs> I'm curious because I, I've been doing freelance for a long time and worked with small clients and I, I work full time at Arlington Independent Media. So I I keep projects really small on clients. You know, it's a it's a gala video. It's a five minute. We're going to shoot interviews and B-roll and I'm going to probably only do two or three shoot days um, and then put it all together for you with pictures and everything else. And it's kind of flat rate for one video and I work on it on my spare time or whatever. There's a big difference between that and making a huge leap into having four or five people that you're working with as a team and doing the whole operation in terms of production. I don't know if you have an office space or anything else like that. Um, so all of that kind of overhead and keeping up with equipment and 
what do you think is the main ingredient that allows for that to happen? Celine. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm here. <laughs> no, so, so Celine has been uh, really, really uh, uh, helpful with all that. She basically, when I'm running the business, she she manages everything and, and makes sure that, you know, the wheels don't fall off the wagon. And she does it really well. So she can talk a, a little bit about how that works. Uh, as far as what we did uh, to scale, so... Uh, we, we had our company, I was running it out of my house. So I had a townhouse and then we bought some Costco desks or not some Costco, uh, uh, Ikea desks and filled my house up with these desks. So we had five people basically sitting on top of each other, working in our house. And we're like, I'll be damned if I'm paying rent anywhere for an office space. You know, I'm so cheap about it. And these guys are looking at me they're like, Shane, we're getting to the point now. We got five guys sitting in here. We kind of need an office space. So, you know, we, we, we worked as cheap as we could right off the bat, started pulling towards gear. We, we got a, a Sony F3, which is a pretty good cine camera. Uh, we got another one we found, and it came with cinema lenses, and we found that for like, like four and a half grand, somebody was getting rid of. Oh, wow. It was like, yeah, it was like deal of the century, right? So we're like, cool, now we have two cinema cameras, we have uh, Mark III, we have a couple DSLRs. This is enough to, to run a company. And when you're releasing it all to web, the whole like, oh, you need 4K and it needs to be 6K and then, oh, my God, we'll get it in 100K. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Which it'll cost 100K by that time. And there's no reason to do that. And it, I don't get pressured. You know, new guys don't get pressured on this resolution war and all this stuff, because ultimately, where are you going to show it? And if it's going out on a 720 web video, who cares? Your iPhone shoots enough good enough quality for that. But anyhow. Um, yeah. So then we found our office space in D.C. Uh, it's called The Lookout. And uh, I'll give them a little plug. It's an awesome, awesome area right in Adams Morgan. Uh, it's filled with creative talent all around the area. Uh, it's four floors. So we've happened to take up the first or the, the top floor uh, with, with, the, with the guy who owns the building, Ian Fay. And uh, he's compiled about 35 other talented freelancers. And these are guys who have shot for Disney, Facebook. Uh, the one animator did the, the animation for Mad Men. So, I mean, these guys are the top tier talent in D.C. And as a company owner... Why do you want to search for talent when you can just go to them? Go, so, go downstairs. That's it, right? <laughs> Knock on their door and say, hey. And, you know, at first you're a little nervous. You're like, well, what are their rates? I'm, I'm going to be scared and blah, blah, blah. And then you just talk to them and you find out it's totally industry standard. And they're super happy and their their schedules uh, schedules are wide open. They want to work with us. So, like, our secret to success is you don't have to bring on this massive group of people you can just collaborate and create your own, we call it our DC universe of superheroes, but our associated superheroes, and everybody wins. Instead of competing against every freelancer, I mean, I could come to you today and say, let's go work on something. We'll find budget for you. It's great. And there you go. And every and you're going to leave super happy because I paid you on time and we created an awesome gig. And I'm going to leave because I just delighted my client. Instead of creating this creative infighting, why not just work together? I know it sounds so, you know utopian well i think there is a bit of a turf war uh, because as much work as there is in dc there's a lot of work and there's a lot of potential for uh, bringing clients in that have never made a video before there's tons of opportunity for that i think there is you know a certain amount of trying to hang on to what what people have and then but without kind of recycling or or recreating new opportunities Um, so i think what you're doing is creating opportunities not only for for work but for other other producers other freelancers so that's great well we're we're kind of challenging the 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 traditional donald draper model that's existed in this this market for a long time and uh 
that's where, I mean, the trends are all going this way. People want co-working spaces. They want to work together. They don't want the overhead of offices. Agencies have been complaining about this for years of this cyclical cycle of uh, we're going to scale up really big when we get the, the Kellogg contract. And then when that runs out, we're just going to fire everybody. And they've been doing that over and over and over. And freelancers are so tired of that crap. They don't want that anymore. They just say, you know what? Just keep your managerial people and grow your company that way. Put on your salesman and let me work on my craft. I don't I don't want to be stuck in with all this. And uh, if we create that environment and everyone can make, you know, a, a pretty honest living and pretty high living where it's very similar to what they'd get in a salary job, not only do you have way more happy creatives, you also have really happy agencies because they're not stressing about how they're going to hit payroll. So it's it's a win-win. And it, it, there is those different, and I, I talk about this all the time, is the different markets that are out there. The Craigslist market, which is $200, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's a student that, I'll, I'll make your video for you. And then you have the traditional model, which is you know $10,000 a day, $50,000 a video that still exists in some form. But then you have these the, w- videos for the web and videos for social media. And how can you justify with the tools that are out there, a, f- a $10,000, 14-person crew when you really don't need that. Right. And that, that comes down to a, a, a lot of factors. So, <laughs> And I think that it causes a certain amount of attention and conflict, but there's just that's just the way the market is, isn't it? I think it's changing. It's it's rapidly changing. I mean, you still have the same, you know, big-time execs, and I don't want to, you know, just throw this generality out there because there's probably some listening that'll come find me and tell me about this but you have you have these like bigger time at zex and people and you know they're on the golf course and they're like did you see that commercial we made for a million dollars and the guy next to him is not going to say did you see that one we made for 1500 <laughs> weren't you really impressed they look the same you know they want to have like they want to they want to be able to say oh yeah we spent this much we spent that much and I mean, they have to spend that money for their budgeting and their tax write-offs anyhow. But I'm against the big, big budget productions. I don't think it's necessary. I think there there are times where, where it's warranted when you need your three red shoot and all this crazy stuff. But for almost, I'd say, 75% of the, the business market, it's just not necessary. Because everyone that has grown up, I'd say, 1985 and on, has has this strong BS filter. That immediately they pick up on advertising. They say, what you're telling me is so full of it, or I can tell what you're doing. And they get this apprehensiveness to that advertisement. And it's actually taking away brand credibility instead of building trust. And some brands have not figured that out yet, that this just get stuff everywhere mindset doesn't work. And you can listen to as many speeches as you want from Seth Godin, and he's going to say the same thing. He was a pioneer of permission-based marketing. And he's going to tell you the same thing. Stop pushing this stuff on people and create meaningful content that helps them. And very similar to content like this podcast, this is going to be helpful. So it's actually increasing the brand for AIM instead of saying, AIM is the finest studio in, in the Virginia area. Look at the pristine monitors. Like that doesn't sell me. I don't care. I come here to talk with great people. And it's like, that's what you need to talk about and show those success stories. And you don't need a million dollars to do that. <laughs> cool. Any final thoughts? Because we're what I suggest, and as I I told before, go out, reach out, go to events, go to networking events, meet the people who you want to be with, and uh, just practice, practice until you get better. One thing I do suggest, and we were talking about this in the car. There's a book that I've read recently, and it's called The Pitch from Oren Claff. If you 
read that and make it as your Bible. I think you can reach out to anyone you want and you can promote yourself, sell yourself on who you really want to be. And I think my final little three three nuggets, and I would do it in this this order, uh, really simply plan plan your goals and figure out what you'd like to achieve. Then find the way uh, of how you're going to get to those goals and think critically on what you can do with make basically build a roadmap on how to get to those goals and then learn every day. And that doesn't mean in the classroom because when you get a degree, that's not that's not when learning stops. That's when learning begins. So you have your your certificate to say, yes, I know what I'm doing now. Really show you can do it. So figure out your goals, plan your roadmap and then find as many ways to learn and be mentored from there on out. Yeah, I had an informational meeting with somebody that works at a really big nonprofit. He's a media producer for them. And uh, I was trying to just like get the idea from him. Like, well, what do I need to know next? Like, do I focus on social media? Do I focus on, you know, graphic design, wh- whatever it is? And he was like, the important thing is that, you know, you're not done. <laughs> and after 10 years of being in the industry, it's even more important that, you know, you're not done and that you continue to learn yourself. Yes, so. Always. I believe that always. Cool. Well, thanks for thanks for stopping by. I wish you guys both a lot of luck with with the new new company and check it out. DC Visionaries. Uh, do you have a URL for more information? Sure. It's a really short one, so we'll keep this easy for you. DCVIZ.com. DCVIZ.com. Nice. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having us here. Woo-hoo. No problem. <laughs> so come on out to AIM. <laughs> right on. Oh my God. Thank that you. Yeah, that was great, man. <laughs> a lot of fun. Thank you. Conversation is recorded at Arlington Independent Media. Follow me on facebook.com backslash media on the radio or join the conversation on Twitter at media on radio. This is Devin Gallagher, host of Media on the Radio, and thanks for listening. <laughs>